0: This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed.
1: I know that IBWA and WQA members are all committed to providing consumers with the safest and highest quality water. So. It would be good to work together whenever possible to make sure that water, again bottled or filtered, uh, is recognized as as the best choice for healthy hydration.
0: That's Joe Doss, President of the International Bottled Water Association, talking about the connection and shared interests the bottled water industry has with members of WQA. And welcome to WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 205, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. It's the magic of podcasting. We are publishing this on March 3rd of 2021. And in this episode, we talk with Joe Doss about how his members responded to the COVID pandemic, as well as his industry's legislative priorities for 2021. We'll talk about concerns about plastic bottles and the battle against anti-bottled water efforts at both the state and federal level. Plus our WQA tip and our business insight. Now on to my conversation with IBWA President Joe Doss On WQA Radio. Joe Doss is president of the International Bottled Water Association. Some of you may know it as IBWA. And he's kind enough to join us on WQA Radio. Joe, appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Wes. It's uh, great to be here with you.
0: For those of you who, uh, who uh, may not know much about Joe or IBWA, I'm going to ask him, Joe, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the organization and about your role and how long you've been there? And, um, and just, we'll, we'll start with that.
1: Okay, thanks. Um, well, IBWA was founded in 1958, and our membership includes uh, U.S. and international bottlers, distributors, and suppliers. Um, our members make up, uh, they make all different types of bottled water that includes spring water, mineral water, purified, artesian, sparkling water. Um, we do represent both the home and office delivery segment and the small pack uh, bottled water segment of the industry. Um, most of our members are are quite small, about 65% of our members have annual gross sales of less than $2.6 million, and many of them are second and third generation uh, family businesses. Um, our work primarily focuses on, on government relations, environmental, technical, regulatory, and communications issues that Im- impact the members. And we are committed to working with uh, FDA, Food and Drug Administration, which regulates bottled water as a food product um, and in addition to the FDA regulations, uh, IBWA members um, must also adhere to our IBWA code of practice. Uh, and we have standards and practices that are in some cases more stringent than EPA tap water regulations or FDA standards for bottled water. And all IBWA members must undergo a mandatory annual plant inspection by an independent third party organization to make sure that they're meeting our code of practice requirements. So that's sort of a, a nutshell of, of IBWA and I'm the president, I've been here since uh, 1999, so a little over 20 years. Um, great industry to be in, love it.
0: Well, some some similarities with WQA, we have a strict code of ethics that our members follow, we have standards and certifications, and uh, so it's, it, and we also, uh, have a number of members who have been in the industry uh, for multi-generations and uh, also have small business background as well. So I I see some definite similarities. And in fact, one of the things we'll get into is the fact that there's some overlap with WQA and some of our members are also um, bottled water dealers as well, so. Right,
1: and I I guess I would add one other thing, which is that uh, IBWA encourages People to drink water more often, whether it's tap water or filtered water or bottled water. Um, Right. So, we think that, you know, given uh, the importance of hydration and the increase in obesity and diabetes in the United States, we think water is a great choice, regardless of its form and and its type. So,
0: well, well put. And we also, in in some of the recommendations we give when it comes to, let's just say, for example, following, uh, flooding in a particular area we have some tips for water treatment and one of the first things we say is until you're safe or until you're assured that you know your uh, local municipal water system is uh, is doing well um, by all means drink bottled water make sure that you have that um, as kind of your first line of defense and then uh, move on to whatever whatever other water treatment applications you may need so I, I do see a synergy there, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, good to, good to hear that. How's it been going for your members uh, during the pandemic, especially, and what some of the challenges have been for you?
1: Well, these are certain, as you know, certainly unprecedented and, and challenging times. Um, I, I think right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, as people were preparing for the lockdown, everybody started to buy bottled water everybody had to have more bottled water. Uh, Again, in light of sort of emergency situations these days, I think people's first reaction is to go get bottled water and and other things that they might need. So um, there was an initial very large surge in demand for bottled water, and our companies really had to uh, quickly increase their capacity uh, to provide the customers with the water they needed, Um, and this, you know, included you know, running their operations 24 hours a day, seven days a week to meet the need. Um, But fortunately, and sort of as you just mentioned, we've had a lot of experience stepping in to help during any crisis, um, whether it's from hurricanes, wildfires, floods, so uh, any natural or man-made emergency. So we we had a great deal of experience in that regard. Our, Our members also, you know, began to donate bottled water and made other contributions to uh, charitable community organizations. So they were providing support to police departments and other first responders to the United Way hospitals. Some of our members were buying masks for nurses, um, giving to food banks, uh, Ronald McDonald House, (laughs) many other local community groups as well. So um, they were giving back to their communities, uh, to their local communities um, in this time of need. Um, And I I think from the start, uh, from IBWA's perspective, what we tried to do is work hard to make sure that our members had the information that they needed to stay in business uh, successfully through the pandemic. So we issued regular bulletins for our members. Um, We developed a a COVID-19 handbook, uh, which included a lot of information and resources that gave them guidance on how to operate their food facilities and their offices during during the pandemic. And so we got a lot of information from FDA, Centers for Disease Control, FEMA, uh, our own law uh, outside law firm, um, and we put it all together and tried to make sure that our members had that information um, in order that they could continue to do business. So um, and we also have uh we put up a COVID-19 uh webpage on our on our website to basically provide our members as well as the public uh, with information um, uh, about bottled water uh, during this pandemic. So those are some of the things that we've done, some of the things our members have done, and you know we continue to try and make sure that our members have the information that they need to continue to do business.
0: You mentioned that there was that initial surge in demand because of the thought that people wanted to make sure they had plenty of bottled water on hand. Did that then die down at some point? That's level off at some point? Is it Where is it now in terms well, of demand? It,
1: it did level off a bit. And and I think um, we have seen, and, and I know we're gonna talk about it in a little bit about where what the industry is doing um, in terms of overall consumption and sales. But um, I, I we saw an initial surge then It sort of dropped, came back to normal levels. Um, And it seems as though we're continuing to um, sell a lot of water. I think the industry, the part of the industry that's been most hurt uh, is the office segment, the part that uh, provides bottled water to offices. Since a lot of the offices are still shut down, many of them throughout the United States, I think that part of the industry, the part of the home and office delivery segment, it was the office segment that I think is continuing um, to uh, to be affected by this in a negative manner.
0: So I imagine one of the things you learned then is that diversification is important in terms of your business model. Uh, what else have you learned, and and perhaps have you have your members learned as a result of the last nine months?
1: Well, I think that everybody is uh, is adapted to the new environment, and I think that that's something that our members are always good at. I, I think they've had to. Figure out ways to deliver the water to their customers in a, in a safe manner and one that makes their comfort, their customers comfortable. Um, so I think they've done a lot of learning on that. And I think everybody's um, sort of learning a little bit more about teleworking and <laughs> how to do yeah. that. And uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're, they're picking up things as they go along and, and hopefully will make them stronger
0: in the long run. Is it possible to to get a sense of where the industry is on in terms of consumption and sales right now? Are we uh, obviously we had the surge. You mentioned that. things kind of uh, flattened a little bit, and this is no you know normal year. Um, but where are you in terms of overall uh, consumption and sales?
1: Right. Well, I think things are looking pretty good. Um, we have gotten uh, preliminary sales figures uh, for twenty twenty from the Beverage Marketing Corporation. Um, that indicate that bottled water is, again, the number one packaged beverage in the United States. This is our fifth year in a row to hold that number one beverage uh, product position. And and they are predicting continued growth for years to come. Um, The the preliminary stats for 2020 are that consumption is going to be 15.1 billion gallons, which is a 5% increase over the previous year Uh, retail sales will be 36.3 billion dollars which is a 4.9 percent increase and per capita consumption is going to be 45.3 gallons which is a 4.5 percent increase so um, still a lot of good growth there for the year Um, and the figures from beverage marketing continue to show that most of our growth most of bottled water's growth uh, relative to the other beverages, has come from people switching from soda, fruit drinks, and other sugary beverages to water. So that's been about a 66% shift since 2006, uh, in terms of people um, leaving carbonated soft drink, sugary drinks, and switching to, to bottled water.
0: You gave uh, some some very interesting numbers there, but do you have a number for percentage of households that consume bottled water in one form or another? I do not. I do not. Okay. I'm sure Just some curious. of our
1: company, I'm sure some of our companies do and and we don't keep a lot of we don't keep any statistics. These are all figures from Beverage Marketing Corporation and um so I I don't have those figures. I think one interesting thing about the bottled water industry though, if you're looking at historically since 1977 there've only been 2 years when bottled water consumption has not grown. And those two years were 08 and 09 during the great recession. And that of course affected uh, all segments of the beverage industry. But since 1977, pretty much every single year the bottled water consumption has continued to grow.
0: Well, that's very encouraging for you and your members. Um, Let's take a look at one of the issues that you do have to be concerned about and that that is the growing concern among consumers that there should be some alternatives to plastic plastic bottles how is that affecting the industry and what are you trying to do to address that concern
1: right well we do hear that and and our members obviously obviously are looking at alternatives plastic packaging but i think the main issue here is that there's just a lot of misinformation about the environmental impact of bottled water products in plastic containers. I think that's the issue. And and that has resulted in efforts uh, to ban or restrict the sale of bottled water. And so IBWA is therefore continuing continuing to push back against those anti-bottled water efforts to provide the facts to consumers, to the media, to government officials. I mean, the fact is, and these are some of the things that we share, um, you know, bottled water has the smallest environmental footprint of all packaged drinks. hundred percent of our packaging containers are recyclable. Um, you know, through the light weighting of our, of our bottles, the PET plastic, uh, packaging has seen an average weight drop and they're now down to an average of 9.25 grams for a 16 ounce individual size container. And, and that's almost one-third less than the amount of PET it takes to make soda or other drink containers which need to have thicker uh, packaging due to the carbonation and the manufacturing processes and they weigh basically almost three times uh, 23.9 grams so um you know some members are using pro- uh, plastic bottles now uh, that weigh 7.5 grams so i think that we're doing a lot in that area to reduce uh, the environmental footprint of the industry. A lot of our members are now using um, a lot of recycled content, uh, both PET and HDPE in their plastic bottle water containers. So some of our members are using 25 50%, 75 and some even 100% recycled content uh, in their in their plastic bottles. And I think the other thing that people um, don't think about is that in this effort to reduce or eliminate plastic packaging, they don't consider the environmental impacts of the alternatives. (laughs) And we found a recent report from the American Chemistry Council uh, quite interesting. Uh, They examined the overall impact of plastics on the environment compared to other materials. And that study concluded that when you compare materials throughout the entire life cycle of a package, that plastics leave a much smaller environmental footprint than alternatives such as glass, aluminum cans, or paperboard cartons. And uh, one of the most significant findings of the report is that uh, alternatives to plastic beverage containers produce about 60% more greenhouse gas emissions, which of course is a major contributor to climate change. So I, I think these are some of the facts that we're trying to get out there um, to make sure the consumers are uh, have the information they need a, about bottled water packaging.
0: Well, speaking of environmental and regulatory uh, environment, what are you expecting in 2021 when it comes to Washington moving ahead?
1: Well, I I certainly expect there's going to be continued anti-bottled water efforts um, at both the federal and the state level in 2021. Um, There is uh, federal legislation to impose unreasonable taxes on the use of groundwater for bottled water. That's likely going to be reintroduced next year in the democratically controlled House of Representatives um, there likely will be federal extended producer responsibility legislation that could include a mandatory recycled content requirement for all beverages and perhaps a national bottle deposit program. Um, we're likely seeing attempts to restore the ban on the sale of bottled water in, in national parks, which IBWA was successful in getting repealed a few years ago. Um, So we're also continuing our efforts to get FDA to issue a PFAS regulation for bottled water that would preempt many different state standards that have been adopted on that. I think that's something that we're going to continue to work on, and we're going to continue our work to convince the um, U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Department of Health and Human Services to include water on the MyPlate Nutrition Guide, And, and that will help recognize the importance of water Uh, in a healthy diet. And I guess, lastly, we're also continuing our work with EPA as they prepare their latest Energy Star 3.0 specifications for water coolers and dispensers. Um, We want to make sure that that new specification standard is reasonable and allows uh, these products to uh, meet consumer preferences. So I think those are some of the things that are on our plate Um, both at a legislative and regulatory standpoint uh, in in Washington in 2021.
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier, WQA has members who are also members or at least closely aligned with IBWA. And you're kind of getting at this question already, but how can our two associations work together?
1: Well, as you mentioned, they, we have a lot in common, a lot of common members, um, and we certainly welcome IBWA welcomes any opportunity to work together with WQA. Um, in fact, we have been working with WQA on the Energy Star uh, 3.0 issue that I just mentioned with regard to water coolers and water dispensers because it applies to coolers and dispensers so the point of use coolers as well as the bottled water coolers are impacted so we've been working together with WQA on that issue Um, and I know that IBWA and WQA members are all committed to providing consumers with the safest and highest quality water so it would be good to work together whenever possible to make sure that water again bottled or filtered uh, is recognized as as the best, best choice for healthy hydration so I I think we we look forward to any opportunity working together with WQA and continuing the close working relationship that we've
0: had over the years. That sounds fantastic. Hey, Joe, thank you very much. This has been great. Kept you a little longer than I think I had indicated, but um, good conversation. And we so appreciate you and what you're doing and what your members are doing. And appreciate the opportunity to hear uh, from you on, on many of these important issues. Thank you
1: very much. It was great to be with you.
0: Now our WQA business insight. You know, our theme for the 2021 WQA convention and exposition taking place in Las Vegas, July 28 through 30, is imagine. It's clear now that we need to have a greater imagination when it comes to all of the ways our businesses might be affected by the next disaster or pandemic. We need to imagine a future as clearly as we can, making some guesses along the way, And in addition, we must try to spot changes and trends as soon as possible to better prepare for the next shift that will one day occur. That's why the collective mindset of WQA members is a powerful resource in such chaotic times. All of us are smarter than each of us on our own. It's why we have heard from members how WQA proved its value many times over in the past year, especially during those dark days in March and April of 2020. As we move forward into yet more uncertainty of 2021, we know two things for sure. Change will continue to accelerate and those who are quickest to adapt will usually emerge more resilient and more prepared for the next unthinkable event. So that means if you survive 2020, you are all the more equipped to survive the next crisis. Our WQA tip. Plan now to join us for the WQA annual meeting to be held online April 27th at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. We'll have the election of officers, the 2021 Leadership Awards, plus a keynote address. All WQA members are invited to participate in this year's annual meeting. Again, that's April 27th, noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio, on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed, so long from WQA Radio.